It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Afternoon. The Pro Show is coming to y'all live. The top golf of pop culture radio experiences. A TED Talk each week for the golfing audience. You know, this afternoon we have radio royalty. I'm excited for this interview, but first, a little famous female vocal to set the mood. Annie Lennox, sing it. Wade, Friday, you know what to do. Turn it up. Let's go. needs no introduction. She was a trailblazer and innovator from the start of her career and continues to be vanguard in every way up till today. She's a writer, broadcaster, designer, philanthropist, and storyteller. Her name is Anne Ligori. Anne, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you doing on this Friday afternoon? What a pleasure to be on with the director of fun. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it's self-titled, but um, you'll find out through the course of today that uh, fun is a big priority to me and the game of golf. Well, I think we all have to have fun with whatever we do, right? I mean, if you got to love what you do and keep that smile on your face and thick and thin, and uh, I just can tell you're a fun guy. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know what? You exude fun in all that you do, too, because you are completely infectious. A couple of members at the club this week were asking me, they say, Keith, who's on the show on Friday? Who's on the show on Friday? And I said, Ann Ligori. And everyone's face lights up, and they're like, oh, my God, from the fan, and oh, this and that. So, you know, my first kind of question to you is, you inspire so many people for such a long time in what it is that you do, right? How, how do you, you know, come up with ways to, to keep yourself inspired to do what you do? Well, you know, every day is different, and I just have a passion for sports. I have a passion for broadcasting. I have a passion for excellence. I just, um, I get up, I just can't wait to get up in the morning, have my first cup of coffee, you know, there's always things to do, and um, I just love life. I just think, you know, we have to cherish life and, and every moment and, um, and health, obviously. And uh, I just love what I do. So I think that's really important for anybody. I just think you have to pursue, you know, things that you're passionate about. If you're going to spend the whole day working, and you want your work to be fun, right? You want to be very passionate about what you do. So I just think, you know, honestly... I've been doing this for a while, but I, I get up every morning thinking my even my best days are ahead of me. I mean, you know, it's just one of those attitudes. I think the key to happiness and to a, for, you know, to a fulfilling life is attitude and gratitude, Keith. And um, I wake up with a great attitude every day. And, you know, sure, there are bumps in the road. Everybody has, you know, ups and downs. But, um, you know, I'm just very thankful for, you know, all the good things. And I think if you can be thankful for the goodness in your life, then you can get through, you know, the negative stuff better, right? So, um, you know, like you, I'm just very, very passionate about golf and about what I do. So where does that passion develop then from? You know, how did you get interested in telling sports stories? 
Well, really, if you go way back, when I was three years old, I can remember watching this woman named Ruth Lyons, and she was a pioneer in the talk show television genre. And uh, I was in Cincinnati at the time, born in Cincinnati, and then we moved to Cleveland, uh, a, a little town called Brexville, and I spent most of my childhood in, in Brexville. But, but as far back as being in a high chair, I can remember... My mother must have been watching this show every day. It was a noontime show. And uh, this woman had the most fascinating personalities in the studio, you know, who passed through Cincinnati. And they were, you know, they were all kinds of personalities, right? And she would interview them. And then she would, she was also very musically gifted. So she would play the piano and she would sing. And, you know, back in the 60s, um, you know, women, that was the, she was the first woman. She preceded Oprah, right? For, by a long shot. And uh, I guess when I, you know, I was just kind of uh, tuned into that at a very early age. It's amazing, you know, how influenced one can be at such an early age. And then I developed as an athlete. I, I had an older brother who was always very athletic. So every time, you know, after school, we'd play baseball, football, kickball in the backyard. And I was oftentimes one of the first athletes picked because I was naturally gifted athlete. I, I could run faster than the guys and, you know, I could hit the ball further. And, and um, you know, then I pursued sports in junior high and high school. Honestly, when I was in junior high, there weren't uh, a lot, there weren't any sports for girls, no varsity, junior varsity sports. And I went from, you know, being this very gifted athlete and playing with the, with the guys in the backyard to going to junior high. And there was really nothing but cheerleading. So my dad and I organized a track and field team, and we competed with the AAU. He would drive me to all my track meets. And then once I got into high school, Title IX had been passed by then. And uh, I earned four letters every year. And I doubled in the spring. It was, let's say, it was volleyball in the fall. It was basketball in the winter. It was tennis in the spring along with track. But the tennis team was only a boys' team. And my senior year, I played number one on the boys' tennis team. There was, I hadn't really played golf. I, I kind of, you know, I, I played a little bit, um, but I didn't really learn golf until I was in college. I took it as, as an elective PE credit. <laughs> so um, I just, sports came very natural to me, but I always wanted to be a broadcaster. So I kind of married the two together and voila, I've been a sports broadcaster my whole career. Well, you know what? Ruth Lyons may have been an inspiration, and she might have been a fascinating personality. But, folks, if you're just joining us, we have a fascinating personality with us today, and it's Anne Liguori. Now, Anne, let's fast forward to 2020, right? You have covered so many stories over the years. Have you? Does anything compare to all the different storylines that have come about in 2020? <laughs> Well, I mean, when, you know, when I've, I've interviewed Mickey Mantle for television, my sports interview show, I've interviewed, you know, Ted Williams, I've interviewed Sam Snead. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a woman who I've done TV interviews with over 600 legends in sports. So 2020, I mean, obviously the, you know, it's been a crazy, difficult year, but um, as far as comparison, I mean, I'm just happy that you know, sports is being played. I, honestly, there's golf really was at the forefront of uh, professional sports continuing uh, by scheduling all those major championships, most of them anyway, even though we don't have spectators, at least, you know, the women and the men are playing. 
So, yeah, I mean, depending on, you know, what you're talking about as far as comparing, um, it's been a crazy, crazy year for sure. But I think sports as an escape is really important. And, you know, I do a show called Talking Golf on WFAN in the summer on Sunday mornings. And it actually started right during the pandemic. And I really think people enjoyed listening because it was therapeutic. They, were, they wanted to connect. Very similar to after 9-11, Keith. I was doing, you know, my Hey Gory, What's the Story, Colin Sports Show on WFAN. And, um, you know, after the tragedy of 9-11, the station, we, we broadcast two straight weeks devoted to that tragedy. And I, I remember having firefighters on and police officers and medical people and all kinds of volunteers. And, and it just seemed like the audience was really responding to that. They just really wanted to talk and listen to people going through, you know, what they were going through. So I think radio is so, such an important medium when it comes to, you know, all kinds of um, events and issues, and particularly when, you know, when things aren't great. So, um, yeah, it's been a crazy year, but thank goodness sports is continuing and people have a lot to, to watch on TV and to talk about. And I mean, this is this is why you're so extraordinary. You you went exactly where I wanted you to go because, in, in some sense, I meant by comparing. You know, like how how are we all going to reinvent ourselves as storytellers coming out of 2020? And you know, when you give the example of 9/11, um, you know, you, you tell or you frame exactly what it was or where I wanted you to go with that. You know, I mean, people look to us on the airwaves or on TV to tell stories, to engage them, to make them forget or to make them to think about something else. And you've done that for such a long time and you've been inspiring to so many people um what kind of inspiration do you take from your interviews you know you mentioned you interviewed over 600 celebrities and athletes right over those years uh, is there a particular interview or was there a moment or pivot moment where you were kind of like wow that was that was a really inspiring thing that kind of even spurred you on to do bigger and better things well, you know, I just the 600 was just from the TV show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I can't even put a number. Uh, no, no, no. I can't even put a number to all the radio interviews that I, I did and continue to do. Um, but, yeah, you know, they all inspire me in, in, in some way. I mean, it's hard to pick just one because, you know, these are legends, not only in sports, but, you know, I did the Golf Channel show. I was one of the original hosts on the Golf Channel with the show Conversations with Anne Liguori. So I interviewed everybody from Celine Dion to Matthew McConaughey, uh, Sylvester Stallone, um, Smokey Robinson, Amy Grant, Vince Gill. I mean, just, you know, an A-list of legends in, in music in Hollywood, along with sports stars. And they all inspire me. They all are, you know, just as successful in their fields as could be. So just having the opportunity to sit down with these personalities and or to golf with them while interviewing them. It's always just so inspiring. I try to pick subjects for my shows that inspire me and inspire my audience. So I'm just very thrilled talking about successful people. And I have a natural curiosity about people, you know, like you, what, what makes them tick and, and where do they get their inspiration? And I, I just love just finding out about people. And they don't have to be mega superstars either. I mean, I love, there's so many people that nobody knows about who are inspirational, who, you know, are really should be our heroes. You know, what about the medical personnel that are handling, you know, all the COVID patients? What about all the people that went in the, 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 you know, the twin towers when they were, you know, 
burning and, and, and saved people. You know what I'm saying? So there are so many heroes in our life, and we just have to open up our eyes and, and give everybody a chance to tell their story. Well, you know what? You've been a hero to so many in the cancer world because your foundation for 25 plus years now, you, you just recently, and what made me think of it was that, you know, I saw on social media just a couple weeks ago, you had your annual charity golf tournament, right? And what I want you to do is I want you to raise some awareness for that. So I want you to talk a little bit about what the charity golf tournament supports and, you know, why it's so important to you and over the years, how it's been, you know, such just a wonderful conduit for you to do good and be so philanthropic, you know, as well as being such a, you know, kind of a, um, a leadership voice in sports media throughout the metropolitan area? Well, I'm very passionate about this charity golf tournament. We hosted our 22nd straight Anne Liguori Foundation Charity Golf Classic this past October 8th, my birthday, <laughs> at the Maidstone Club. Each uh, year, we pick a very prestigious club on the east end of Long Island. And as you know, it's golf heaven out here. And we raise money for cancer awareness and cancer prevention. And um, I'm just thrilled that we were able to do it. Obviously, a lot of charities and a lot of golf clubs canceled their charity outings this year because of the pandemic. But think of all the charities that are really hurting. I mean, the charities are hurting so badly this season in particular. So it made me really, it pushed me to really do it. Of course, we had to be very careful and we worked very closely with Maidstone, and we, we did everything that we could do from masks to taking people's temperatures to totally socially distancing everywhere to having the brunch and the dinner. We had the brunch outside Maidstone Club on the patio overlooking the Atlantic Ocean, and we had the dinner down at the Maidstone Beach Club outside. So we tried, we, you know, we did our first, yes, was I stressed out about it? Absolutely. I was nervous, but then I kept thinking, you know, we have to raise money for these organizations like St. Jude's, like Kids Need More, who uh, give do activities for children with cancer and their siblings, to the Samuel Waxman Cancer Research Foundation. Um, all of us have lost people to cancer. Um, I, did, I lost my dad when I was in college to cancer. He was only 63. A year and a half later, I lost my older brother, who was only a year and a half older than me, to leukemia. So we were hit very hard as a family uh, within like two years of each other, losing my dad and my brother. And so right then I said, I am going to do everything I can to raise money and awareness for these causes. And you know, the golf world is just incredibly generous. And we get so much support from the golf industry, Keith. I mean, we have so many donations as far as prizes go and, and items, premium items for the goodie bags and and we go to these great golf clubs, as I said. So, you know, thank goodness we sell out every year. It's not a struggle to get people to, to play in the tournament. They love it. They come back every year. And um, so I'm just very happy that we did the tournament despite the odds. And it was a huge success this year. Well, there's no doubt that something like that pulls through because they have someone like they can lead at the top like you are. And you set such a shining example for everyone that's involved. So the players want to be there to support you. And you're so passionate about the cause. I, I think that everyone involved, you know, Eden out there at Maidstone, you know, he's going to run a golf operation that's going to, you know, make a socially distant outing possible. The whole F&B crew, everyone's going to come together because they see your passion for your foundation. And, and I think 
think you should be proud. And I love what you said. It's 22nd straight year of doing it. So it's one thing to do something maybe 30 times, but to do it 30 times in a row means that much more. And, you know, I, you know, so much credit to you and everyone involved in that. You know, I saw that back in the beginning of October, and I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it today and make sure you spread the word because you're doing a lot of good there, and we appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that. We, I have a great team of volunteers and couldn't do it without the volunteers and the clubs, as you mentioned, who agreed to have us come and, and do these golf outings at their club, particularly in a year like this. So I'm thrilled with that. We don't have a location for next year yet or a date, but uh, we'll get that soon and uh, continue raising money and awareness for these causes. And um, I'm just excited about it. Hey, in a couple weeks, I'm also excited about covering my 22nd straight Masters, Keith. All right. Can you believe that? I can believe that. <laughs> but I tell you what, speaking of volunteer, if you wouldn't mind, could you volunteer to wait a couple seconds? Because i got to take a quick break and go to my sponsors here. Absolutely. All right. Well, folks, hey, it's 3.17 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with New York's legendary lady broadcaster, Anne Ligori. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. We are excited to announce that PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, a rehabilitative golf program for military veterans with disabilities, will take place on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. throughout the fall season at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club. To support the NJGF or learn more about the PGA Hope program for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the Director of Fun, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Well, we're almost about to start the back nine today with Ann Ligori, but as we always do, time to mix in some music designed to jumpstart your weekend, folks. More leading ladies to rock the airwaves, preparing us for a great weekend ahead. Friday, Wade, volume, now. Let's go. Time to get back with Anne. So our conversation before the break left off at your 22nd Masters coverage is coming up in three weeks. So 
tell me about the Masters and going down there for what is going to be your 22nd time. I know you've played the golf course. What does Augusta National Golf Club mean to you? Oh, my gosh. It's just so special, right? Oh, it's just um, beautiful. It's impeccable. It's perfect. They just keep it so gorgeous, and they treat me great. And, um, you know, it used to be we were in the press area right along the 18th fairway and I had my position all the way at the very top left and before they put TV monitors in everybody's booth basically I was looking at a huge monitor down at the front and the leaderboard in kind of like this amphitheater setting and I just thought you know since I'm going on the air every 20 minutes I need I need to see it better so I just asked the media people, if I if they could put a TV in Radio Row in the back, and within hours the TV was up, and it's just little things like that 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 make Augusta National so special to be a media person covering the Masters. Now we're in a sixty million dollar media building, which is just unbelievable. It's a little further away from the golf course, but they shuttle you back and forth from the media building to the golf course and you really don't have to leave the media building i mean everything you want to see is on television in your booth every booth has a tv unit and you know computers and leaderboards and really just fingertips away from any information that you need so it's pretty special to go there to cover it and then to walk around early in the week monday tuesday and wednesday for the practice rounds you know i'm talking about a normal scenario in april it's just so amazing you know a lot hillier i don't know if you've ever been down there keith but it's a lot hillier than people know about because the television doesn't you can't really see all that those contours and and hills on tv on the tv screen but it's just a special place i can't rave about it enough every golfer that's like the mecca of golf for most golfers Hey, there's no doubt about that. I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to go a couple of times and you know one of the things is that they treat every patron Every media representative, every vendor, every player, every caddy, every coach, um, as if they're a special person. And I, I know that sounds kind of like maybe that's easy to do, but it, it's really not. You know, it's like Disney World on steroids. It's just you can't until you go and you experience it and you feel the texture of the land and, you know, the vivid colors and like to get the full spectrum of the azaleas. I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've lived, eaten, and, and breathed it for 22 years, but it's just it's just a phenomenal place. And you know, it, one of the things that I find most interesting is that people think that the Masters tradition is so much just like stay in your lane, and it's not. They these folks are the most innovative golf tournament in the world. You know, the first one to have an app, the first one to do that media centered. You know, all, all of these things. And what that does, it kind of makes me think of you in a way because you've been such an innovator in the sports media world. And one of the magazines I like to read is Sports Business Journal. And they started something just a couple of years ago called Game Changers. And Game Changers are women who are changing the sports business landscape, all right? So when you look back, you definitely changed that game, you know? What have you what are you most proud of when you think back to the early years of your career? Well, I'm most proud of two things. First of all, my work on WFAN because when I first started, I was the first female to host a Colin sports show there and that's the, that was the first all sports radio station right and uh, the show started on July 4th 1987 
And, you know, women weren't hosting Colin sports shows back then. So I put a lot of responsibilities and pressure on my shoulders to do a very, very good job. Uh, almost, you have to almost be flawless, right? Because, you know, you're under the microscope and there's a little more uh, criticism when, when a woman is hosting, you know, shows, at least back then. And, you know, I figured if I did not do a good job, I would perhaps ruin the opportunities for women in the future to pursue a career in sports media. It was a very high-profile opportunity. And I remember that, and I remember how nervous I was. You know, I was a small-town girl from Ohio, went to school at University of South Florida in Tampa, studied broadcast journalism, came up to New York City on a, on a uh, fellowship offered by the Radio and TV Society, the International Radio and TV Society that was only given to 20 students that year from across the country. So I basically came to New York right out of college and worked my way up, you know, started working at ABC Radio Sports as a freelance producer and leapt into the on-air world at the 1984 Summer Olympics in L.A. Then FAN started and hired me to do the Hey Ligori, What's the Story show, which we named, and I did that show every week for over 25 years. And so, you know, it was a time when women weren't in sports broadcasting. There are very few. And so I really felt like I, had, I, I did a good job, a good enough job to hopefully help other women get into the business. So I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of mentoring young women in sports media. Part of uh, the revenue that is raised by my charity golf tournament, we um, put into a mentorship fund. And the uh, Association for Women in Sports Media has, uh, we, we organized this champions mentorship program and more and more women across the country have been mentored now by dynamo women in the sports broadcasting sports media field because of our dollars and i've also established the allegory foundation sports media scholarship for the new york chapter of women in communications and every year they pick a, just a a dynamo woman in, in college who wants to pursue a career in sports media. So I'm proud of mentoring not only young women, but men too. I mean, you know, I have, a, I've had a lot of interns working with me through the years, guys and gals. I've, I love teaching and coaching and, and, and encouraging and inspiring young people and older people as well. Right. So I'm proud of that. And I think mostly, I'm proud of this sports interview show, Keith, because I maintain the rights to every TV show I've ever done. Um, when I did that show, I basically wanted to interview legends in sports for television. MSG Network said, Ann, we love your work. We can provide a weekly spot for you, but we can't pay you. And this was back in 1989. So... At a very young age, I had to figure out, okay, how do I pursue my dream and, and get this sports interview show on the air? How do I do that with, you know, no funds? So I went out and started pitching it to sponsors and, you know, walking down Madison Avenue and trying to meet with advertising executives, you know, trying to knock on down doors because, first of all, it was so unusual for a woman to host a sports show back then and to ask for dollars to sponsor the show that was just unheard of so obviously that was a very tough journey but um the show aired for 17 straight years and i got great sponsors and um i'm very proud of that and now i'm sitting on a treasure chest of archives of 
over 600 half-hour TV interviews with the most legendary names in sports. So I basically am very proud of that because I had to put it all together myself, and, and it worked. It was not easy, but, um, you know, it was uh, a great journey. You know, one thing that I'm proud of is that we had the ability to talk to you today, Miss Ann Ligori. And folks, if you're just joining us for the end of the show here, you know, Ann Ligori is, she was named top woman in sports media by LA Daily News, right? The first call in sports show on the fan. I mean, just um, jewelry designer, author, reporter, um, philanthropist, producer, executive, all of these things. And I want, I want my listeners and my fans of the show to be able to keep up with you. Do you have a website? I know you have a book, A Passion for Golf, Celebrity Musings About the Game, Folks, check that out, right? But what's your website? Um, are you on social media? Uh, quickly, sure. just give it. Quickly, just give us those addresses. Sure, they can go to my website, annlagori.com. It's A N N L I G U O R I. My Twitter is at annlagori. My Instagram is the annlagori, and my Facebook fan page is annlagori. It's easy to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just. And Lagori. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Again, as we started, you know, everyone, you are so infectious, Ann Lagori. I can remember listening to you back in 1987 when the fan first started. And like you said, there's something inside of us that wants us sometimes to go out and tell stories. I have that as well as you. I can't thank you enough for being on Springdale Golf Live today. Hey, it was my pleasure. Great job, Keith. And I love your taste in music. First Annie Lennox and then Hart. Love it. Great, great. Thank you so much. Folks, I got to thank my sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, Summit Golf Brands, F.H. Wadsworth, New Jersey Golf Foundation. Wade Weezer on the board, Springdale Board of Governors, Troon Golf Management. You know I love my listeners. Well, I'm heading to Springdale, but where are you headed? Let the tower be your guide. From New York to Philadelphia, and of course, everywhere online, may all have a Springdale day. Thanks for joining us for today's show. Return to the tee next Friday at 3 with Keith Stewart and Springdale Golf Live.